Welcome back to the Everything Emoff Podcast, part of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Joe Tillery, and ladies and gentlemen, I gotta say, I hate to do this, but today has to be an intervention. We have got to talk about some bad things today on the podcast. I know last week I said I'd do 10 topics for two minutes each. Today we gotta spend a little bit more time and dive into different topics. So today we're gonna do five four-minute topics, double up, so we can really hammer each topic, because I don't think two minutes alone will be enough to cover each level of how deep we need to go on this. K-State is brutal. It's abysmal to watch right now. It is hard to watch them play basketball right now. From being the fifth best team in the entire country to what we saw the last two games, this is disgraceful. This is disrespectful. This is every type of adjective that could negatively impact a viewer in one word. This is horrible to watch. Disgusting. So like I said, the first topic we're going to start with here, we have got to talk about the problem between Keontae Johnson and Marquise Noel. Now, both of these players are all-world players, all-conference, some of the best players in the entire country in all of college basketball. And they've been playing like garbage the last couple of weeks against teams where we need them to show up. They have run and not answered the call. Marquise Noel has the most turnovers of any player in the entire country. I'm not kidding. That's not hyperbole. That's not an exaggeration. Marquise Noel is leading the country in turnovers. Now, that's a problem. We'll talk about the turnover issues as we go forward, but that's a big issue. Now, I know Marquise has shown up. I know he's played incredible, and I know he has the ability to do it again. But he cannot afford to do what he's doing against the Oklahomas of the world, against the Texas Techs of the world, if you want to find a way to beat any half-decent team in March. We've got Baylor on the schedule. We've still got to play some really good teams to close out the year, and we are nowhere near where we need to be to start March. This is a terrible spot to be in for K-State and the fans. This has been an issue. Keontae Johnson. I talked last week on last week's episode that we need to get his foul situation figured out. And guess what? We did. The issue is... Keontae flipped the switch in saying, okay, the reason I'm getting these offensive charges is because I'm attacking too much. I need to tone it back a little bit. Keontae took his foot off the gas, and he's still one of the best players in the country. I'm not trying to say that he's a problem. I'm not trying to say that either him or Noel are an issue. But right now, the way they're playing, they're negatively impacting the team. There's a famous quote from a conversation between Kobe Bryant and Shaquille O'Neal. Shaq was the most dominant player of all time, and on the low block, nobody in the world could defend Shaq. Until the hack shack foul became a thing. People realized, hey, this guy shoots 40% from the free throw line. Why don't we just send this guy to the free throw line instead of giving up a free dunk every possession? None of us can guard him. Let's just hack him. Let's just foul him. And Kobe said something after passing it in to Shaq repeated times. And Shaq calling for the ball saying, hey, I'm open. Kobe said, Kobe said, no way in hell. Get it off the rebound if I miss. Marquise Noel isn't going to get it off the rebound. And that's not what I'm saying. But every other player on the court should be looking for Keontae Johnson to score. Attacking the glass. Keontae's got to be the guy in charge, the driving factor. He's the best player on our team. And I'm not saying that Marquise doesn't deserve to control the game. He does. But what makes Marquise Noel special is when teams are out of position. When, when Marquise can pull up from the logo and splash threes. When he can drive to the paint and he can kick it to a Naquan Tomlin, to an Ishmael for a big-time dunk. That's what makes Marquise special. But asking him to drive to the lane and suck three different people into the paint and then kick it out and the ball gets tipped, turnover, that can't keep happening. Keontae Johnson has to be the driving factor for this team, which then should lead into Marquise Noel being as prolific and as incredible as he has been this season. 
I love Jerome Tang. I do. I am the biggest Jerome Tang guy maybe of all time. But you cannot have one of the greatest starts in program history and finish it off like this. This cannot happen. You can't lose to Oklahoma. You can't lose to Texas Tech. And I know what you're thinking. Hey, the Big 12 Conference is incredible. I get that. You're not pulling one over me by saying Texas Tech's a good team. I know that. I understand that. There's good players on the court. But K-State is one of the best teams in the country. Or are they? What are we? This should be redefining what we are as a team. This stretch, this slump we've been in, has to make or break the program. We need to know what to do. Nobody on the court is playing the way they should right now. If you look at us at the beginning of the season, early on in Big 12 play, the offensive proficiency we were playing at, nothing is there. No residuals of that is there. Keontae has to four shots up to try to get started. Marquise is still pulling the ball from the logo, but he's in a shooting and a turnover slump. And I love the guys. I am fully confident that they will get it figured out. But this is a problem that needs to be addressed. As I mentioned the lack of offensive proficiency, it is so important that I talk about our defense. Where the hell is anybody defending on the court? Let's look specifically at yesterday's game against Oklahoma. The only points that Oklahoma scored the entire game down the stretch was a wide-open, uncontested three. Multiple from Tanner Groves were letting anybody shoot the basketball and they're hitting the shot. The announcers are going absolutely nuts because everybody in Oklahoma had been in a shooting slump and they start making it rain from three. They're not a top three-point shooting team. They're not the best team in the country, but they looked like it. The reason they shot so well, there is a lot of great players in college basketball and Oklahoma has some great players. If you give a college basketball player an uncontested three, odds are he should probably make that. Odds are he should make that. I'm not going to sit here and say nine out of ten times, but there's guys shooting 40% from three who are putting up threes with hands in their face constantly. When you give a guy an open look, it's got to be a 50% shot at least. And Oklahoma made K-State pay, and K-State did nothing to change that. Never. No defensive issues. There was no defensive presence on the court ever for K-State. Naquan Tomlin had a good day in terms of rebounding. Bebe Igiola had a great day as well. But our guard play defensively was horrible. Grant Sherfield could drive anywhere on the court and pull up. It wasn't an issue for him. Same thing with Cortez, the guard down the stretch. Everyone on the court had a mismatch, and that never happens. It should never happen. You know, I know that it's not a Bruce Weber-led team, and I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining that Bruce is not our head coach. But we lost every bit of defensive potential with this team. Where's the team that showed up against Florida and gave up 17 points in the first half? That same team gave up 70-plus points to Oklahoma and Texas Tech. Guys who had been averaging 60 and 61 on the season. We're giving up like 15 points per game more than teams are expected. And I know what you're thinking. Well, Joe, it can't be that bad. I mean, we've won so many games. Our defense can't be that bad. While we are the number one scoring offense in the entire Big 12 country, just in case you didn't know... We are also in last place in terms of scoring defense. In terms of points given up, we are dead last. So we've scored the most, but we've also given up the most points. Those cannot equal. There is no equilibrium there. If we score 80, but we give up 95 points, sure, it looks good that we scored 80, but it doesn't do a damn thing in terms of statistics. K-State has so much more to figure out defensively, offensively, transitionally. Everything that K-State can do right now was wrong. There's a couple highlights in this game, in this week. There was a couple highlights we can talk about. Keontae Johnson, I'm so glad he's got his foul trouble stuff figured out for the most part. 
Naquan Tomlin showed flashes of potential as a, as a rebounder, as an offensive creator. He's got some issues I want to talk about in this podcast too. But K-State needs to figure themselves out. They cannot afford to finish out the season limping to the finish line just to get beat in the first round of the Big 12 championship and then get swept out in the first round of the March Madness tournament. Not swept in the seven games since NBA Finals style. Swept like getting kicked off of the floor. Getting swept in the dustpan and thrown in the trash. That's the way we've played so far. And that has to change. And it's the same guys on the court. The same guys that can do what they did against Texas where they put up 116 points. They also gave up 103. We'll talk about that another time. The same team against K-State. The same team that beat rival Kansas in massive fashion in Manhattan with a lob from Keontae Johnson when both Marquise Noel and Keontae Johnson are doing their thing, affecting the game positively. This team has turnover issues, defensive issues, rebounding issues, and everything I can think of. Jerome Tang has his work cut out for him, and that is not a secret by any means. I mentioned Naquan Tomlin a little bit there. He had a big game against Oklahoma. He did. I'm not going to sugarcoat that by any means, and I've been a little bit hard on Tomlin during certain times of this season, but he is one of the most athletic players in the entire country. Nobody's going to debate that. But here's the thing we need to think about. While K-State got blown out by Oklahoma, 79-65, to Naquan Tomlin was our leading scorer. Good for Tomlin. That's huge. Here's the thing. Keontae scores 14. Marquise Noel scores 14. That's okay. Tomlin has 17 and 10. The 10 rebounds are my favorite part of that. That's incredible. I am so happy to see Tomlin on the board. While the 17 points are good, the majority of his efficiency came from when he's dribbling at the top of the key or he's down in the paint rebounding, taking guys in the low post. The thing I don't want to see, and I don't want to sound like a boomer saying, hey, the big guys can't shoot threes. There are some really great players in the country that can shoot threes, and they're centers. I mean, Dean Wade for one. Dean Wade is a perfect example of a player who could shoot the three ball better than everybody else on the court, and he was our biggest guy on the court. Naquan Tomlin is not that guy. He is not that guy, at least right now. That three ball is unrefined, it's unpolished. We cannot afford to have Naquan Tomlin being our guy pulling up for three with a guy contested in his face. It is a turnover. Six out of eight times. Tomlin is shooting sub 25% from three this season. Teams will let Naquan Tomlin shoot. Contested, uncontested, anything they can do, they'll let this guy shoot. That's a problem. That is a free turnover. Most on, 25% of the time, that scores. Three-fourths of the time, that's a miss and a turnover. Free to the other way. Because Tomlin's on the outside shooting the three. He can't be inside rebounding the ball. And our next biggest guy on the court, unless we're running a normal size lineup, Keontae has to be fighting for it, and that gives him a quick foul. The Tomlin shooting thing is an issue. And I know what you're thinking. Well, hey, Joe, if he doesn't shoot the three, teams will sag off him and it'll be less effective. That is not the case. That's the case for 9 out of 10 players. I'm going to give you Tanner Groves as an example. We're going to sag off Tanner Groves. He can shoot the three. He hit two in this game that were huge, uncontested. Naquan Tomlin is one of the most dynamic players in the entire country off the dribble. Would you sag off Kevin Durant in college? He was an unrefined shooter. He didn't shoot very well in college from three. That's not a hot take. I promise it's not a hot take. Kevin Durant didn't develop his three ball until years into his NBA career. Nobody sagged off Durant because you could do whatever he could with the ball in his hands. He would take you off the dribble and slam it on your head. Naquan Tomlin has every capability that Durant did in terms of ball handling at that size. At a 6'10 size, I mean a massive wingspan. The guy's a genetic and athletic freak. 
Nobody's sagging off Naquan Tomlin. Some people make that argument of, hey, the big guy should shoot the threes to remind people that you still need to get out there and guard him. It clears up the lane for more players. Tomlin doesn't need anyone. Everyone in the country knows not to sag off Tomlin, not because he's going to shoot the three, but because the second you do, he's gone. He's gone. He's too athletic. He's too good. He will find a way around you. He is point guard level handles at a seven foot tall body. And did I mention, and did I mention that he's one of the best dunkers in the entire nation? He will put you up on Sports Center for that reason. But he cannot be the guy that's jacking up three balls. You know, Marquise Noel is one of the best shooters. Keontae Johnson's a career 40% shooter. Desi Sills is up there. Even David Gasson is a better three-point shooter than Aquan Talman. We have got to work the ball around the arc and find a better shot. And I know that Tang's been on him about that. Tang's talked about it. Hey, we got to be better. We got to decide who's shooting up threes. We got to figure out what we're doing offensively still in the half-court offense. He pulled Naquan Tomlin last week, didn't give him many minutes. Against TCU, you saw the same thing because Tomlin came out and shot three quick threes and goes over three, one of which being an air ball. Tomlin is an incredible player, and I know that his three ball will get refined if he continues to play basketball, but the biggest thing for him is that he's a genetic freak. He has got to use that to his size advantage. Take people off the dribble. Don't settle for three. Don't settle for a jump shot, especially with an undersized defender. I saw multiple times in this game, for example, that Bijan Cortez slides over defending Tomlin, and Tomlin is settling for a jump shot from around the arc. Bijan Cortez is six foot three. Naquan Tomlin has him by seven inches. Get in there and dunk the basketball. Get in there and take him in the low post. Make somebody else like Tanner Grove switch on to you and kick the ball to the open shooter. Tomlin has got to be better with the basketball in his hands. It is a turnover waiting to happen when Naquan Tomlin settles for a shot that he doesn't want. So what you might be thinking after hearing me rant for a while is, okay, Joe, since you know all the answers, what's the issue? I'm going to tell you right now I don't. I don't. I'm making an educated guess based off what I'm seeing on the court. Naquan Tomlin is a great player, but he's been horrendous from three this season. Keontae Johnson and Marquise Noel are two of the most athletic and best well-conditioned athletes in the entire country. But when they play sloppy and they turn the ball over in half-court offense, we don't slow things down enough. The team gets beat. We get run on quick. And you're forcing guys like Ishmael to foul, like Bebe to foul, and it stacks them up with three or four fouls this game. That's a problem. That's got to change. I'm confident Jerome Tang will figure it out, but we have not seen this much adversity in one season yet. You know, I know we struggle with things at Baylor. I know that the team has struggled with things at Baylor, and I know Tang will have something to figure out. But this team has to come together and figure out what those issues are together. I can't sit here and say, this is what everything needs to happen. This is what's got to happen. This is this. Because I'm just a commentator. I'm just a fan like you. I want to see the best product. I want to see the best basketball that this Kansas State University team can play. And we're not seeing that right now. It's not a fan thing. It's not us. It's not our issue. If we're going to win basketball games this season, things have to improve. Tonight, we didn't play good enough to beat a middle team in the Pac-12, let alone Oklahoma, who's one of the lowest-ranked teams in the Big 12. Unranked, but lowest-ranked in terms of the teams that are in the actual Big 12 conference. Say what you will. There's soon to be an SEC team. They're going to dominate the SEC because the SEC is nowhere near the Big 12 in basketball. That's not a hot take. Don't come for me at that. K-State's got some things to figure out, but they do have some time to do it. This weekend isn't going to be any easier. You know, they've got some big games ahead. They've got to play Baylor and Scott Drew, who we did beat earlier in the season, but that was when our offense was firing on all cylinders. And our defense, while it wasn't good, we weren't turning the ball over as much. So we had the basketball longer. We didn't have near as many opportunities for the other team to score. It's not because we're playing great defense, but it's because we took better shots on offense and we played smarter. 
That being said, our rebounding is better than that. That is the one plus at this point in the season. We are rebounding so much better as a team. We didn't see David Gasson out there tonight. Probably was inactive or just didn't get the minutes for whatever reason. I think things are getting better. But we've had to see some ugly product beforehand. We've had to see some ugly basketball the last couple of weeks against Texas Tech and Oklahoma. I don't know what Tang's message is to the team at this point in the year, but he's got to go out there and just commit the guys. It seems like an effort thing. That's the biggest thing I'm trying to get at. It doesn't seem like guys are trying on the defensive end. It seems that they're relying on the fact that in their mind, they're a top 15, top 12 team in the entire country. Saying, you know what? We're a better team. This is an unranked team. We'll be fine. We did Keontae, go do your thing. Marquise, do your thing. Everybody else just kind of rebound, show up. We'll be okay. That's not going to cut it. That ranking means a whole lot of nothing when you show out and play like garbage against teams that don't deserve to beat you. Oklahoma did not deserve to beat you. They did. Texas Tech did not deserve to beat you. They did. There is no shot that K-State does anything in March if they continue to play like this. Next up on the schedule, we've got Iowa State, who we lost to early in the season in Ames. Then again, everybody has lost the names this year. We take them on in home, in Manhattan, in the comfort of our own Bramwich Coliseum, the Octagon of Doom. Maybe that's what K-State needs, a massive ranked win for the Cats to figure things out. If they can get back to that former passion, that former commitment, the former hustle we had early in the season with a big win over Iowa State, maybe it motivates the guys for the rest of the season because we're going to need something to change it. It's no gimme. It's no cakewalk for the rest of the year either. The way we're playing, I wouldn't be surprised if Oklahoma State's favorite above us. We've still got to play Oklahoma again and West Virginia again. I think both those teams could be favored above us. Not to finish the season, but in terms of what the spread's going to be, Oklahoma was favored by one tonight. I doubt that changes if K-State keeps playing the way they are. We've got Scott Drew and Baylor after Iowa State. Neither of these games are easy. We go Iowa State, then Baylor. Oklahoma State is playing better basketball. They had a close game to Kansas tonight. Then Oklahoma and West Virginia to end the season. We cannot afford to go 2-3, and 1-4, and 0-5. Oh that can't happen. It can't happen. I'll leave you with that. That being said, sorry for the rant today, but we had to talk about this. This is one we have to talk about, and we need a come-to-reality moment. And I hope you guys appreciated it, because I know that it was not a fun episode to record, but I had to get through it. I had to get that off my chest. And I'm optimistic that next week will look different. Thank you so much for listening to this week's edition of the Everything Ema Podcast, part of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. If you're interested, please go ahead and rate the show. Let me know what you think. You can also follow me on Twitter. Continue the conversation over there at Tillery underscore Joe. Thank you so much for listening. Go Cats. I hope we figure it out.